We sit in this world in a time of great uncertainty. The insurance actuaries contemplate the odds of your trip to the convenience store and whether or not you'll make it back home or alive, or whether you'll dodge the next pandemic or succumb to some standard deadly disease. There are odds on whether one will be murdered, raped, sodomized, or struck by lightning. What are your chances of keeping your job in this global uncertainty? How many paychecks are you away from street person status? Sobering thoughts. But I have good news for the blood-bought. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Serve the God of the Bible whose words stand sure, whose promises are irrevocable, or more perfectly stated in Romans 11:29, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. 2 Corinthians 1:20, for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. God loves to bless his children. That's his nature. My responsibility as a believer is to position myself in a blessable place. That blessable place is to become born again, where all my sins have been washed clean in the blood of Christ, and I am fully surrendered to the authority of God's Word. This is the perfect place. Dear visitor, are you in a blessable place? Are you born again, born a second time? Would you like the certain, never-changing promises of God to be your portion? Are you ready to have all your sin and shame expunged from your record? Are you ready for a new father, a new name, a new beginning, free of guilt and confusion? Are you ready for a new and glorious purpose and to have life and life more abundantly? This miraculous transaction can happen in just minutes. What are you waiting for? Do it now. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instruction and immediate entry into the kingdom of God, now for today's subject. God said, Zechariah 13, verse 8 through chapter 14, verse 4, And it shall come to pass, that in all the lands, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city." Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley, and half of the mountain shall be removed toward the north, and half of it toward the south. Man said, These foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world, and certainly no judgment day. Now the record. Is the end of the world as we know it in sight? Is God's handwriting on the wall? The specific date of the return of Christ for his followers and the date of Armageddon is only known to God himself. The Lord Jesus said even he doesn't know. 
But we are given many signs in the Scriptures that foretell of His returning. We're instructed to watch that we not be caught sleeping. God said, man said, has published 14 features under the banner of 21 signs of doomsday. This is number 15. Things are happening very quickly. We must prepare to meet our God. The entire series will be listed at the end of this feature. You are strongly encouraged to visit these subjects. Israel is the focal point of the dreaded battle of Armageddon, which will bring this world system to a deadly, devastating end. Israel is a very small country. All of Israel, including Golan and the West Bank, is only half the size of San Bernardino County in California. Most Arab states, with the exceptions of Egypt and Jordan, are in a declared or undeclared state of war with Israel. These nations want Israel wiped off the map. Why such vitriol focused on such a little piece of real estate? The answer is simple. It is the world's hatred and rejection of God and all that he favors. All the world's nations will gather against tiny Israel to finally, once and for all, eliminate the remaining seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham are the children of faith. Galatians chapter 3, verses 16 and 29. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. It should be no surprise that the militant Muslims' hate is heavenly concentrated on the Jewish people and on Christians because of the commonality of the seed of Abraham. Just prior to the great battle of Armageddon, events will have transpired, as we read in the prophecy of Zechariah, that will isolate the remnant of the seed of Abraham and half of what's left of the city of Jerusalem. The born again will have been taken from the earth to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, commonly called the rapture. Those who give their lives to Christ after that point will refuse to take the mark of the beast and will consequently be put to death, as well as God's two last days prophets. The remaining Jews holed up in Jerusalem will be basically, uh, excuse me, will basically be all that's left of the seed of Abraham. Satan's armies will be focused on their destruction, unfortunately for the world. God has a different plan. Around the world, anti-Jewish sentiment is mounting. American foreign policy is forcing Israel into a very precarious place. The following paragraph is from an article published by Facts and Logic about the Middle East. While the idea of a Palestinian state may have some merit, there is abundant proof, the most recent being the continuing rocket attacks from Gaza, that such a state, whatever the promises at its creation, would represent an immediate existential threat to Israel. There has never been such a Palestinian state, and the creation of such a state is not the primary nor even the secondary goal of the Arabs. Their primary and never-changing goal, overshadowing everything else, is the destruction of Israel, wiping it off the map, they use the fanatic Muslims' favorite phrase. After unwisely having turned Gaza over to the Palestinians, yielding the West Bank to its sworn enemies would make Israel indefensible. Israel would be laying the groundwork for its own destruction. Tanks, warplanes, and infantry battalions would only be needed for the final mopping-up process. In the meantime, the missile batteries located in Gaza and on the Judean ridges, Israel's proposed new borders, would suffice to paralyze life and industry activity in Israel. One can only hope that the Israeli people 
and Israel's new government under Bibi Netanyahu will understand this peril and will act accordingly, end of quote. The two-state solution, which has been entertained by several U.S. presidents, is now being driven aggressively by President Barack Hussein Obama. The use of the president's middle name was forbidden during his campaign for the presidency. Now that name is worn as a badge of honor when speaking in Cairo, quoting from the Koran, boasting of a U.S. congressman who is sworn in with his hand on the Koran versus the Bible, as well as highlighting his Muslim roots. God has used the United States effectively to protect and promote the interest of Israel since its reinstatement as a nation in 1948. We have supported them with billions of dollars in aid. We have supported them with blood. We have supported them with the finest high-tech weapons of war. We have supported them before the world in the United Nations, vetoing every effort to damage excuse me, their interest. The reason for this once unwavering support is the Christian right in America. Christians understand that Jesus was a Jew. The apostles were Jews, as well as Father Abraham. Also, Christians know that God commands us to seek Israel's good. That's where Israel's support comes from, but things are beginning to change rapidly. Is the groundwork for the world's system's final end being laid by the foreign policies of President Obama? Let me list the signs. Number one, the president's apology for the war on terror and the removal of the term war on terror from the White House lexicon. Two, the president's insistence on a two-state arrangement and the stopping of all settlements growth. Hillary Clinton, U.S. Secretary of State, said uh, to news network Al Jazeera, we want to see a stop to settlement construction, additions, natural growth, any kind of settlement activity. Three, the Palestinians, Greek word for Philistines, want the West Bank, Gaza Strip, and East Jerusalem. The following is an excerpt from CarolineGlick.com. In a television interview on May 7, the PLO's ambassador to Lebanon, Abbas Zaki, explained that from the PLO to the Iranian mullahs, Jerusalem is seen as the metaphysical key to Israel's well-being, as he put it. With the implementation of the two-state solution involving an Israeli relinquishment of Jerusalem, in my opinion, Israel will collapse because if they get out of Jerusalem, what will become of all the talk about the promised land and the chosen people? What will become of all the sacrifices they made just to be told to leave? They consider Jerusalem to have a spiritual status. The Jews consider Judea and Samaria to be their historic dream. If the Jews leave these places, the Zionist idea will begin to collapse. It will regress of its own accord. Then we will move forward. End of quote. Number four. The following excerpt is from the May 28 through June 7, 2009 issue of the International Jerusalem Post. In the Pew Global Attitudes Project Spring 2007 survey, Palestinian respondents still said by 77 to 16 percent they felt that the rights and needs of the Palestinian people cannot be taken care of as long as the state of Israel exists, end of quote. Number five, the Israeli people are shocked by the hatred from the Obama administration. Laura Ingram, while interviewing Caroline Click of the Jerusalem Post, asked her how the Israelis saw the situation. The following paragraph is from PaxalisBlogs.com. Glick said that President Obama is viewed dimly by Israelis 
and President Benjamin Netanyahu was seen as protecting their interests. She said that the settlements vary in size from small outlets to some of several thousands, and many are strategic in Israel's defense and their economy. She said that Obama is abandoning Israel, not only in the West Bank, but also in Jerusalem. Glick said that Obama is trying to corner Israel on the Middle East situation, trying to put limits on defense parts and activities. Glick said that George Mitchell, Mitchell excuse me, has accused the Israelis of lying, which, has, uh, which is very disgusting to the Israelis, end of quote. Number six, Benjamin Netanyahu, the new Israeli leader, has voiced his concern about U.S. replacement parts for their American-made fighter jets. Number seven, $800 million has been given to the terrorist organization Hamas for the rebuilding of the Gaza Strip. Number eight, Jimmy Carter wants Hamas taken off the terrorist list. He wants Hamas to be mainstreamed. Number nine, President Obama gave a nod to Iran for the peaceful pursuit of nuclear power. Number 10, from carolineglick.com. Last Friday, Yediot Harnot reported that at a recent lecture in Washington, U.S. Lieutenant General Keith Dayton, who is responsible for training Palestinian military forces in Jordan, indicated that if Israel does not surrender Judea and Samaria within two years, the Palestinian forces he and his fellow American officers are now training at the cost of more than $300 million could begin killing Israelis. End of quote. Israel is being bullied into a very precarious place. The nations of the earth are lining up against her, just as God said, Doomsday is knocking. God said, Zechariah chapter 13, uh, verse 8 through chapter 14, verse 4, And it shall come to pass, that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third part shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people. And they shall say, The Lord is my God. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken." and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth, and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. Man said, These foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world, and certainly no judgment day. Now you have the record.